Hello and welcome to Smart Businesses Do This, where today we are going to be talking about how to pitch yourself, how to present yourself, um, where you offer and to make sales. And I am joined by four incredible people. Why don't you take a moment and introduce yourselves? Cool. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Uh, Hey, my name is Joshua. Uh, I'm a Libra. Um, uh, I started a coffee company about, uh, 18 years ago, and I also have a, a shoe company and I also do real estate and business consulting. So women love you basically. Some shoes and coffee. Yeah. yeah so it works. So do dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I can vouch for that. Josh often goes around our gym and just gets love from everybody. Yeah, um, I'm Hannah. Uh, I'm a chiropractor here in Astrop, Texas. I run and am the head doctor at Revive Sport and Spine. Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Isabel Meyering. I'm a doctor of acupuncture and herbal medicine. Um, I'm excited to be on this panel. I'm with my real estate agent and my chiropractor. So this is very exciting. Yes, yes. And my business is Admiring You Wellness. That's actually uh, how we met them. It's like a, a chiropractor, a doctor of acupuncture, and a coffee maker walk into a room. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Good morning, Alan Butler. Um, I live in Bastrop, Texas here with my uh, four kids and my wife. And uh, I own and operate Butler Contracting as well as Roofing Turtle. Love it. Hopefully I'm your new contractor. Yeah, right. And that's exactly it. And we're just basically going to, yeah, just work together from now on. And we don't really care about the rest of you. No, I'm joking. Um, Today's episode is sponsored by The Working Vacation, uh, workingvacation.com, where we take business owners out for seven days on a cruise ship and we dig deep in their business, work out exactly what it's going to take to help them reach that next level. And we do it in less time than they would normally spend while also making sure they have more free time to spend with their family and friends. Go to workingvacation.com to learn more about it. So, um... How the hell do you position yourself to make money? Like, you know, because I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other people that make coffee in the world except you, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing you didn't invent coffee. I didn't. So how do you go about positioning yourself so you can actually make money selling coffee, which everyone has? Um, that's an interesting question uh, with coffee and with footwear. Because people have had shoes for a while. This is true. Yeah, this is true. Uh I think the way I've done it that is positioning myself is I've always been uh, pretty passionate about it. I've never started anything uh, to make money, which I'm realizing now is a problem. Okay. <laughs> uh, 20 years in, oh yeah, I got to make a living. Um, but I think that has kind of differentiated it in terms of uh, my bottom line's a little more complex. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just go in this and make a lot of money. It was go in this and do coffee for cafes and have community space and uh, footwear to be able to travel quite a bit and and get to know people and design that art aspect of it. Um, And then same with consulting and with real estate is I just get to be uh, with a lot of people and tell them what not to do that I've done wrong. (laughs) How have you you positioned your brand differently? Like, for example, the coffee brand, like what did you do that was different when you... When I started it, um, I think we were we were definitely the first coffee shop and cafe on the east side of Austin. That was 2002, 2003. Cool. And Whole Foods actually approached me because my wife and I had moved from San Francisco and nobody was really focusing on uh, 
kind of organic and at the time fair trade and and things that were based on uh, a little bit more of a, a global concept. So they approached us to um, to do a roasting company for the Southwest region of Whole Foods. Nice. And then for um, kind of just giving them when they were doing that local loan to shareholder program, mm-hmm. that kind of separated us because we were pretty much the first in Austin. And that, that was also never my intent. I just did it to have a cool cafe and book bands and art. And, uh, but that's that's more or less how it separated us. I love that. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So again, you found an area where nobody else was doing something that was being done globally, but not being done here and said, I'm going to do this first, which is hysterical <laughs> because now Austin is actually known for those quiet little a lot of coffee. east side coffee organic spots. Yeah, so, yeah. So you sort of like paved that entire way. Yeah. And we're, we're still there and we, we're opening another one next week, which is crazy because, I mean, literally that's almost 20 years ago. That's awesome. So. I, I always love it because I say something, the power of the rule of first is so important, right? Like, because we all know who the first people to fly a plane was. It was the Wright brothers. Does anyone know who was the second person to fly a plane? Or we know that Amelia Earhart was the first woman to fly across uh, across the uh, between England and America. And who was second? And this is the point. No one remembers second. No one remembers second, with the exception of Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, uh, because Neil Armstrong passed away, which is actually why Buzz Aldrin became important, uh, in my opinion. But uh, no one ever remembers number two. So being number one is so important. So I think, you know, the first lesson here is if you have an option to be another spot, you really want to think about, well, how can I be the only spot? It's not like there weren't coffee shops, but there wasn't a fair trade coffee shop. So you became the first of that kind, which defined an era of Austin. I mean, East side of Austin is, I mean, you basically invented East Austin. I'm sticking with that. Uh, Excellent. Okay. Um, Next up. I mean, there's a lot of chiropractors in the world. How do you differentiate yourself? Absolutely. Um, Especially I didn't, I ended up in this market and then it's, Bastrop's not an overly large city in terms of population. We do service sort of, you know, going out to Smithville, LaGrange, things like that. But there's seven chiropractors in this area. So that's a ton of people. I will say I am the only woman. So I feel that especially as women are being more seen in the healthcare space, I think sometimes for people, it's important to have a female practitioner. So that's one way that I'm different here in Bastrop. And secondly, is I do sports chiropractic. So it's more movement based. It's more functional and it's not necessarily you come in and see me. We do lots of x-rays. I say, not that there's anything invalid about this. So I just practice a little differently. We're going to watch how you move. We're going to like go off of your goals and how you feel. And I'm not going to necessarily tell you based off of a picture how many times I need to see you. And our, our appointments are a little bit longer. We just get a little bit more in-depth. So that's how I've sort of positioned myself here in Bastrop to be what different. I, what I love about this is you led with, I'm the only woman in the area, instantly added another element that separated you from other people. And I think nowadays it's so important as a a woman-led business to, by all means, acknowledge the fact you're a woman and that's unique in its own right. But having the something else really sets you apart because while you may be the first woman-led business in an area, the I'm a woman-led business has been done. And if that's the only defining characteristic, men will instantly say, oh, so this is for women then. And you cut off half of the market. And if you don't want that market, that's fine. But if you do want to attract that market, the minute you start saying this alternate approach, you suddenly wake up that other side of the market that would not 
necessarily appeal on the woman-led, but like, whoa, 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 this sounds cool. This is technical. And even better, if another woman-owned business comes into the area, it's just not a threat because you've got your own differentiating factor that sounds phenomenal. Yeah, and, and it's more treatment-based right. and not necessarily just based on how I was born well, and, how and, I identify. Right, and also yeah. like functioning sport, I think is super important because again, there is typically an association of functioning sport with men. And I love that that's being challenged as well. Yeah, it's just brilliant. I, I love that. It's Thank you. Components. Okay. Hi, everyone. So I'm actually in the process of transitioning my business from Austin to Bastrop. Great um, choice. Solely off of where I want to live, which has been amazing. I feel that in what I do from my experience in Austin, it was about marketing to what I do specifically or how I'm set apart, which for me was I focus pretty heavily on psycho-emotional healing and coaching. So what I've done is I've taken my favorite things, which are acupuncture, cupping, herbal medicine, and coaching, and combined them into my own method of treatment, which is amazing. And when you have your own business, you can do that. You can just make your own treatment plans and how you want to approach things. So that to me, and my Austin experience was the most important in saying, hey, if you want to also dive a few layers deeper on the psycho-emotional stuff, the subconscious mind, hypnosis, like I'm your gal, and therefore I Moving out here, I'm right now only aware of one other acupuncturist who works out of his home and is semi-retired. So I kind of am the only one, which was honestly a really happy accident. Uh, I just wanted to live out here and have some property, which was about my transition. And then since I opened my doors, it's just been balls to the wall. I've been very busy. It's been awesome. I've loved the community out here. So I, I, I love it. And I'm, I'm literally, I keep trying to make eye connections with my buddy because we both get acupuncture and cupping on a, oh, a ready basis. Yeah, there he is. Love like, it. Yeah, we, we both do it. And uh, we do wet cupping as well. And it's oh, just yeah. so good. So yes. yeah, if, if you've never tried cupping, wet cupping, acupuncture, I 100 million percent suggest that you try it because mm -hmm. it is phenomenal. Um, and I love that you're close because driving to Austin, I didn't know you were here. So driving to Austin is a long way. I'm so here. it's great. Yeah, I'm new. Fabulous. It's so great. It's excellent. I cannot wait to be cupped. Is that thing? To be cupped, cupped up. Cupped That's up. Right. That's it. To be cupped, cupped up. up. That's the phrase. I love that. That's great. That's very, right. very cool. Yeah, cool. You. And Alan. Well, I guess I would say that Number one thing that distinguishes you as a business is to uh, basically own your space and distinguish yourself as the expert in your space. And that's, that's what I've tried to do because as a contractor, especially over the last few years, everyone's, uh, it's been pretty easy going. You answer the phone, you show up, pretty much get the job kind of deal, right? Uh, but people are getting information out there in, in Google or social media or wherever, HGTV. Um, so you've got to own your space and really explain to the customers or your ideal client really what you're about, what you stand for, and, and give them value-added stuff instead of just, you know, spewing information out to them. So I've really I've focused on that a lot in the, in the past couple of years, and that's really helped grow. I, I love that. So um, I want to give you guys a phrase. Um, everyone always says, come up with your elevator pitch. And I think for a business, you should be able to not just know your elevator pitch, but instantly say it. So the elevator pitch for me is very simple. It's, I help people get X result within Y time without A, frustration, or B, guarantee. And I'm really aware that I did X, Y, A, B, which is just strange, but let's just pretend that we ignore that part. But the idea is I help people get this result 
I get them this within a certain amount of time. They get this without this frustration. And this is the guarantee that I offer. Um, and this is actually the, the Domino's pizza headline, which is, you know, we deliver hot, fresh pizza to your door within 30 minutes or you get your money back. Um, so the idea is you get pizza without the frustration of it being cold. The timeline is 30 minutes. And if not, you don't pay, uh, which they don't do anymore, which is really sad. But the point is every single person, you should be able to write down what you do in that simple format. And I find this is such a great way when you meet people at a networking event or you meet a potential customer where you can just be like, as opposed to I am this, this is who I am, this is the result I give, blah, 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 blah. I think that works really well as a simple pitch. For each of you, if you could, and you obviously you don't have to use that format, but what would you say is like the tagline that you would use with a new customer? So if, uh, you know, Josh, obviously a little bit difficult with a, with a coffee shop, but you know, you meet somebody in the, in the coffee aisle in, uh, in Whole Foods and you have an opportunity to invite them to a coffee shop, how would you do it? Can we do footwear on this one? Let's do footwear. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Footwear's uh, great. Because coffee, I mean, it is just... just like, do you want to grab a coffee? How about my place? So <laughs> it is so oversaturated. Yeah. But when we did first start the cafe, I think what separated it, we always said it was clean and classy and fresh. Um, we were doing all local and organic food. Very cool. I went back to coffee. I was like, can we do footwear? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, it was all concrete, steel, glass, open. At the time, the few cafes that were around or the knowledge of cafes was dark, dingy Seattle, couches, mm -hmm. um, smoke. Yeah. Uh, and we just kind of went the complete opposite of that. Love us. So that, that separated us from that off the bat. And then caring and being concerned with what we were serving. I, so. I had a moment because you said footwear, but then described the coffee shop oh, no, for a moment. Yeah. And I was like, glass, concrete, steel shoes. Yeah. I'm like, that's not comfortable. <laughs> I get it, yeah. but uh, it's yeah. definitely different. Yeah. With, with the footwear thing, it was just that we were uh, more of a European design, but US made. Oh, that's cool. So, okay. Yeah, I get it. That's yeah. really nice. I love that. Yeah, I would say my my pitch, it's different to who I'm pitching to, right? Am I talking to another healthcare professional? Am I talking to a podiatrist and I'm trying to work with them and coordinate care for a patient? Or am I talking directly to a patient? So I will say probably most often I get a direct patient because I'm in the gym, someone hurts their shoulder, they come up to me, they're like, you're in this building, right? I say, yeah. So I can help you feel better. And then there's a lot of questions involved, right, in healthcare. So the pitch is different for everybody because it's, okay, how long have you been dealing with this? You know, various questions like that. But essentially it's, I can at least look at it and I can promise you if I'm not the person that's going to help you, I'll get you to the person who will. Yeah, I love it. So, and that's really like a caring thing. It's like, look, I'm, I'm going to either do it. And if I can't, I'm going to put you in the right direction. Very cool. Yeah. So I would say, um, let's use a client that I've met in Bastrop yeah. very frequently, which is somebody who only has a knowledge of Western medicine and Western treatment for pathologies. So I would say I can offer you a different lens of medicine with different options that you haven't even considered yet. So let's have a conversation. Let me tell you how this can be approached from all of these different lenses so that you don't feel boxed in by one singular approach, which is Western medicine. I so it. I love that. Yeah, very cool. So it's like a like a, an Eastern. I love how you worded because you didn't say Eastern. You said not Western medicine approach. Which is actually, if you think about like the wording of that, it's very clever yeah. because the assumption is Eastern, but it might not be. And there's a curiosity involved in that. I am trained in NLP, so there we go. <laughs> it's, it's not an accident. Love it. <laughs> 
Agree. Well, uh, interesting question. So, I, I guess my uh, my pitch is, you know, we build memories, and from my roofing side, um, you know, is my catch tag is uh, we protect your shell as a roofing company because roofing turtle. Uh, so we kind of just really value our uh, our, you know phrases based on what we do, what we offer. So it's all about that value added. Um, you know, people ask me all the time, well, they're contracting. What do you do? Well, we can do all kinds of stuff, but specifically we focus on outdoor living space kind of things, outdoor kitchens, patios, pergolas, porches. Um, you know, we create an environment, build fences. Uh, they're going to help you uh, make memories of your families, your pets, those kinds of things. So have friends that come over and hang out. So that's, that's basically what we do, right? So I try to craft it in a different way where it's more inviting and attracting. I think that's amazing. Uh, somebody said to me once, no one ever buys an Aston Martin because they need a car. You buy an Aston Martin because you want to be James Bond. And, uh, and everyone that sells Aston Martins knows that. So they go, you know, just imagine, like you just come out of the casino, you jump in your car, there's this beautiful woman on your arm. And that's how they sell Aston Martins, you know, because I'm always jumping out of casinos with random women on my arms every other day. Um, so I, I want to play a game with you. Are you guys down to play a game? Can we play, can we play a fun sure. game? So I want you to imagine, and I'm going to purposely take a second so you guys can get the scenario. I want you to imagine you're on a pirate ship and you've been kidnapped off of your yacht because you guys are all very successful. I know you'll have yachts. And you got kidnapped off your yacht and the, the pirates are doing what pirates do. They're going to make you walk the plank. I don't know why pirates do that, but whatever, that's what they're going to do. And you have an amount of time to convince the pirates that actually they shouldn't throw you off the plank because you're really good at making coffee or shoes or, or, or acupuncture or chiropractic or building outdoor pugglers and, and convince them that they've got to let you survive because of this. And the reason I'm coming up with this crazy scenario is because A, I'm a nerd and I think it'll be funny. But B, more importantly, I think the pressure of sales can really only be felt when you really imagine yourself in an up against the wall situation. Because the reality is if you're, if you're listening to this or watching this and you're like, I really need to make money in my company, how am I going to pitch myself? What am I going to do? And that scarcity, sometimes people don't have time to, okay, I'm going to redesign all my flyers. I'm going to redesign it. I've just got to, I got to pitch this now and I got to do it right now. How would you fight for your life using your pitching skills selling your business. And uh, Alan, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you've been in this situation once or twice before. So, <laughs> Sure. I have a usually odd, different approach than uh, being tossed off a ship. So, I mean, I guess it's a little bit of correlation there. So well, that's an interesting question. So how would I, could you, so what was the question? Yeah, so the pirate, <laughs> it's okay. I got you. So the, the captain of the ship, he says it like this as well. Cause I, I mean, he's like, oh, that's it. We're going to make you walk on plank unless you got a good reason why you should survive. Oh man. Yeah, I guess I'm going over. <laughs> so, yeah, but feel free to volunteer anyone else. Alan needs a minute. That's totally fine. But yeah, how how would you how would you survive? So like, I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. I feel I should go first because I've created a crazy scenario. So let me yeah, go first. Yeah, exactly. So here's what I would say. So they're about to throw me off the head, and I say, Look, here's the reality, Captain. I understand that you're trying to get rid of me here today, but what you don't recognize is by getting rid of me, you're throwing away seventy percent of your financial wealth, mm -hmm. and. The idea for that is to create curiosity. So he's like, why am I throwing away 70% of my financial wealth? Are you worth that? I said, like, no, but it's a simple fact. The upsells is a guaranteed way to increase whatever amount of money you have by an additional 70%. Every single time you take money from a ship, you're missing out on the opportunity of capitalizing on what could come next. Whether it is that we ransom the ship back to them, whether we set a, a, you know, a, an ambush, or whether we use that money and invest it in property and build out an entire pirate 
town and we charge people rent to live there. I mean, governments are one of the best ways to generate money. We could create our own pirate currency. And I know how to do this, but you're never going to learn it if you throw me off the ship. And unfortunately for you, I'm a very good swimmer and an escape artist. And so that was, that's how I would do it. So go for it. <laughs> I guess if this, uh, yeah, yeah. If this pirate expedition is uh, successful, I guess you can have a lot of, a lot of money you're going to need to spend and uh, throw a kick-ass party. So we can uh, build that space out for you. I love that. Right. That's great. Right. Perfect. Um, I would say, Captain, yep. I have seen your tongue. And while you were kidnapping me, I took your pulse, which if you don't know, that's how we diagnose people, tongue and pulses in Chinese medicine. And you are wildly ill and you will die if I go over the ship. So I would suggest for the benefit of you and your crew that you keep me on here. I teach you about health, how to keep yourself going. You do have scurvy. I have some herbs that can help that. <laughs> so what do you think? I think I, this is in your best I interest. love this position. I, I, I think you survive. I think this is guaranteed Thank you. survival. Thank I you think so the much. party thing also works for pirates, but I feel like Captain, you're dying is yeah. really strong. That's <laughs> um, great. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't quite have the dying, but I was thinking, you know, like if you've seen Captain Jack run, it's not the most efficient run you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. And if you continue to run away from your enemies like this, you're going to hurt yourself. You need me to save your crew to feel better so that you can constantly escape from your enemies. I love that. I think I would add, it's like that guy with his peg leg probably didn't have to amputate if I was here. I'm just saying, you know, it's just excellent. Go for it. Um, you got this. Well, I mean, like what I have to sell them, I think I'd do something that's a little bit more psychological or psychotic, Yep. which is run and jump off before he could tell me I have to. Um, <laughs> you just, uh, yeah, then he's like, I'll, I'll say I beat you yeah. at your own game. Um, man, I, I really don't know. Uh, I don't know what I would, would tell him in, in regard to product I've sold. Yeah. I mean, I'd maybe try to convince him that I can draw maps and things because I've landed in wrong spots before like um, or been through storms. Oh, that was kind of metaphorical. That was, that was pretty yeah. good, yeah. yeah. What I love um, about all the ideas, and, and I think this is a key point, it's, it's the whole point of the game, right? Like, if... Uh, it, Sell something to me, we were all done before. Sell something to somebody when your life's on the line is, is a bit different. But the reality is I, I spoke to a woman yesterday and um, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna name names, I'm not gonna name the industry, I think it's really important. But um, her and her husband own a business 50% and they're going through a divorce. And she doesn't believe that he is in the mental position to be able to get another job. So she gives him a massive salary. In the separation, he does not want the business. If she keeps it, he will not have money to survive. And um, they've got shared ownership of the children. And she's concerned that he won't have the money to look after the kid and that she'll end up with full custody, which is fine, but, but she doesn't want to put him in that position. It's an amicable ending. So just so everyone knows, so it's no, no drama here. Because she is dragging out the ending of the divorce because she doesn't want him to have no money, she can't afford to pay her staff. And so she is now on her fifth month of taking out loans to cover the staff's salary. This is a very, very real situation. Uh, the company does millions in revenue every year and her back is up against the wall. And she phoned me and said, I need to make sales. 
and she needs to make a lot of sales to offset. Um, obviously, most of our coaching actually ended around the fact that she has to get him out of the business. And if she doesn't get him out, he's not going to stand on his own two feet. And yes, he might stumble a bit, and but he's going to have to stand up. But the reality is she was so stressed about paying bills, so stressed about finding the money for staff that she was putting her energy into getting loans instead of into making sales. So to make the question realistic, if each of you had to increase your revenue by 10% within a very short period of time or 20% within a short period of time, how would you go about it? And so, you know, I like doing the fun, silly situation first before we make it very real, just to get the creative juices flowing. But what would you do if, if you knew you had to make sales? So I, I know for me what I would do, I would contact the best customers I've ever had that I no longer work with. And I would reach out to them and be like, hey, it's been a really long time. We haven't spoken. Um, just wanted to catch up, see where you're at. How's life? How's everything? Because these are people that I know I've helped in the past or I've worked with in the past and never loved that experience, but I'm no longer working with, which brings the question of, well, why not? Why am I not working with them? And at this point, I would have a discussion about what their current needs are, what they're stuck on, and I would use that to sell them on whatever services I currently have. Um, and maybe I would develop something new specifically to facilitate that. So if I contacted clients from, like I've been running my business for 18 years. So if I contacted a client from 17 years ago who I haven't spoke to in a long time, in fact, this actually happened to me. I spoke to him recently and uh, he's going through a crisis in his career and not sure what to do. And I was like, you should start a business. And he goes, well, do you help people start businesses? And I said, I have a bunch of free training online that does that, but I don't really want to do that. And he said, I would like to give you money to do that. And I was like, well, I charge 25 grand a day. Pay me for two days. You can come out to, to Bastrop and I'll, I'll train you for two days and we'll outline the whole business plan together. And he's like, okay, that sounds great. Definitely interested. Let's talk about it. So that would be a way that I could do that. So for each of you, how would you increase revenue within 30 days, 10, 20%? How would you go about that? Shoes or coffee? Yeah, we've been in that situation with the, the shoe company multiple times. It's called Helm, by the way, helmboots.com. I didn't say that earlier. Um, we've done two things in that situation where one is we have the helmsman where we reach out to them first and give them either a code uh, or something that because they've been loyal, they get something that everybody else doesn't, whether it be a free belt or half off another pair or you buy a pair and we'll give you half off the next pair. You know, things like that that incentivize. But with our wholesale accounts like uh, Nordstrom or, or Zappos, we've said, uh, if you guys can buy full size runs of this, we'll do like a 30% wholesale discount. And then it helps us get those sales up front so that we can, uh, we don't want to be a fire sale brand. Yeah. So we don't want to go on the website and be like 30% off everything, but we want it to be a little bit more behind the scenes to keep the boat on the water. So we'll do things like that, that then promote our sales as well. Cause when 20 or 30 Nordstrom's have them that didn't, that they're buying because we're discounting them, that usually gives us that cash bump. Nice. But you want to avoid that if you, yeah. if you can. That's nice. I feel like, yeah, reach back to old patients who you've helped through one issue. How are you feeling now? Um, but beyond that, I would say, I guess if I needed to do it in the next month, I would just go out in the community, right? Go hit up gyms, do injury evaluations for other gyms or talk to 
the doctors that I know and say, hey, is there anything I can offer your patients? What are we needing right now? Set up a workshop that's maybe specifically tailored to something that we're seeing quite a bit of um, and go that way. Because, yeah, you can reach back to old patients, but in my industry, it's a little harder. I mean, people aren't constantly injured, which is a good mm-hmm. thing. But, but not for you. It's not, no, 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 no. it's not good for them, right? It's kind of a terrible when you see someone again that you haven't seen in a yeah. long time. You're like, oh, dang it, I'm sad you're back in this office. Yeah, I'm making money, but I'm sad that you're back here. So um, I kind of like to maybe more get out into the community and meet newer people. I think I would um, put on an event. So maybe see what I'm seeing the most clients for currently. And maybe I do a free hour workshop or hour intro event. Like, hey, let me tell you how we can work with anxiety, for example. Um, Come in, let's talk about techniques. Or let me do a community acupuncture event. Super cheap just to get new new people in the door. People who maybe don't otherwise have access to it. Talk about what's going on um, and go from there. I'd also put more videos on the gram because I love doing that. Um, That's really fun and just connecting with other people. Love it. Good question, Adam. So back to your uh, comment about just kind of touch on reaching out to previous customers. One of the most powerful things we all have is a phone. I have nothing you can send an email or maybe text them or make a phone call to those previous clients. I mean, pick up your phone, shoot a quick 30 second personalized video. You know, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Smith came out last year, did a project for you, just checking on everything, see how things are going. Um, you know, so let us know if you need anything. That's more powerful of a message that I found. Um, I did that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I've got three or four. And returning customers are already coming back for things. And it took them a few days and in some case, two weeks to reach back out. Um, but they worked, right? So if you do challenge everybody, if you're in business, um, do that, try it. And, uh, and you know, just be consistent. Pick three or four people um, a week or a day, whatever works for you, and, and knock some of those out. It does work. Um, so just kind of build off of that. And then three, three main things I would do um, right now. Um, first thing, um, get in front of influencers. Who are your biggest influencers that can help you grow your business? If you're short on sales or need to produce revenue, who are your influencers? For me, for example, uh, pool companies are fantastic. Uh, you build a pool, you need a fence, and uh, you probably want to have a cool outdoor living space to go along with it. So pool companies, for me, is a fantastic influencer. So if I can network with them, that's going to help generate and bring me business. And in turn, I can help them grow their business as well. Um, second thing for me also is uh, how she talked about a lot here. So, yeah, that's okay. So sales training is huge for me, right? So uh, we don't all learn how to sell. Right? We usually throw up on people, tell them how we're awesome and how we're so amazing what we do. I've really learned how to capture motive, connect with the with the uh, potential client and really dig down into what they're looking for and, and sell in that way. So sales training is huge for me. Uh, I would definitely invest in that and get surrounded and then the third thing is just getting surrounded by the network or community of people um, in your industry that can help you push and exceed to those levels. So I know you said a month, but you can do quite a bit of that in a month, and it's it's pretty easy if you get connected with the right folks. If you invest in all those things, um, you will see a huge rate of return. I love that. Um, in a minute, I'm going to ask each of you, like, what do smart businesses do? But I, I want to give something back. And because it's one of my favorite subjects, which is pitching, and I, I, I get literally paid 25 grand to go into a company and brainstorm for them. And while sitting here, I have absolutely thought 
of a wild, wacky idea I'd do for each of you. So <laughs> if, you, if you would uh, give me the honor of taking a moment and I would share what I would do for each of you. Um, yours is the funniest, I'm doing it last. Yeah. Um, so for Alan, here's what I would do. I would go into communities and I would sponsor grill outs. <laughs> and I would sponsor the grill outs in some kind of outdoor area, like, like Bastrop Park, right? The Fisherman's Wharf, that kind of area. And I would have a, a VR uh, setup or an AR setup, uh, alternate reality, where we could take pictures of the park and show if I was going to build an outdoor space, what it would look like. Mm -hmm. And I would walk around with the iPad and be showing people, hey, this is what this would look like. Now, if the AR technology was too complicated, I could do it just with Photoshop. And the idea is to get people to say, oh, that's really cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. And you say, well, we will happily go to anyone's home who's a homeowner and do this for them, where you turn up and you take a picture of the back of their house and be like, this is our standard setup. This is what it would look like. This is what it would look like. And you just keep going. And of course, then the way I would handle that is I would say, how would you change it? And get them to customize it right there and then so they're invested in what they would want it to be. And before you know it, they've designed the area they want. And they're like, oh, that's a really cool space. If you want the quote on that would be, let me know. And I think you'll have them be like, well, I do want to know. And that's how I would take, that's how I would tackle that one. Um, for acupuncture, um, I know the number one reason people don't get acupuncture is they're scared of needles, uh, which is amazing. We were talking about this earlier because people in Austin have tattoos, but are scared of needles. <laughs> and so I would actually be going out to um, every community day that I could with a single needle. And I would be doing demonstrations of the needle that, that doesn't hurt. And what I would do is I would say, I'll pay you 10 bucks if the needle hurts. And so I would sit there and say, like, we're, we're doing a trial. You can come and get a needle. It's, I'll pay anyone 10 bucks if it hurts. I'm very, very happy to do that. Or five bucks or whatever the amount of money is. Or I'll buy you a taco. I don't know. But it would be very, very clearly the easiest 10 bucks you ever make if this hurts. And all I need is you to tell the truth if it doesn't hurt. And uh, maybe you have a pain monitor or something just to make sure. But that's how I would handle that. Um, chiropractic, I've actually done it before. I had a client and it works really, really well. It's, um, I'll relieve a headache in five minutes for anyone. You can come into my office. It takes me five minutes to relieve a headache and I'll relieve a headache. If you have a headache, don't take a pill. Just call me, swing by the office. You'll get queued in straight away. I'll see you quickly. Um, and I would actually take trainee chiropractors. Specifically, that's what they do. Because once somebody gets in the habit of coming into the office constantly, uh, and it works really well because you just get them in and out as quick as possible. Oh, you got a headache. No problem. Mr. Johnson, come in. Let's fix it. And then that's when you can say, hey, we should probably skip. You're coming in often. We should probably schedule this and get it done properly. Um, so that's how I would handle that one. Helms Boots. This is a no-brainer. Okay. This is the way I would go about it. I would contact influencers. I would get them to do videos where they strap Helms Boots to their head and drop heavy things on their head <laughs> because it's helmet and boots. And I just think Very the juxtaposition of those two things is funny. But when you prove that the boots are tough, and again, it's more about the visual funniness of it than anything else, but I think that would get people talking about it. So anyway, they're my random ideas. So that's what I think each of your businesses could do as a really silly suggestion. Um, but I'd love to finish out with what do smart businesses do? So if you could be like smart businesses and then tell me what do specifically when it comes to pitching, selling, and positioning themselves. Start with Alan. I would say just build your brand and uh, distinguish yourself as the expert in your space. Love it. If you don't uh, get the information out there, your clients and customers are going to get it from someone, so you may as well make it you. Love it. Mm -hmm. What do smart businesses do? Smart businesses go out into the community and get involved, meet people, and talk about what they do as often as they can. Love it. Let's say in terms of pitching, I think smart businesses are authentic. Um, when you're pitching, I think you have to look inward before you kind of show who you are. Uh, you don't want someone showing up 
and the presentation you gave of yourself was inauthentic. Love it. Um, I think once a smart business is established, they focus on retaining customers they already have and focusing on what is the people closest to them and that are the most influential instead of uh, just trying to cold call and go get go get new customers. That always costs a lot more than it does to just hold on to what you've got. Yep, that's so true. And there we go. So that's it from us. Thank you ever so much once again for tuning in to Smart Businesses Do This Lives. A round of applause these wonderful guests. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.